Jason. Um, and I get, you will be kicking off the recording, I presume, the, the transmission. I will. We're ready when you are, chat. So I think, yes, we're, we're ready to go. Um, I know that there are no, uh, we have a full attendance of cabinet members. Sorry, just to say welcome to the Office of uh, Cabinet Meeting for the 20th of October. Uh, all cabinet members are present. And I think we have apologies from the leader of the Lib Dems, Councillor Dean. Any other uh, apologies, Mr. Ferguson? No, Chair. I should just mention the Chief Executive sends apologies. Uh, indeed, yes. Thank you for that. Um, on to the minutes. There. Sorry, are there any declarations of interest, either overall or for individual items? Okay, thank you. Minutes of the previous meeting. Can I have any uh, issues with those meetings? Um, I'm looking for a positive reaction. I don't get any, so my presumption is that uh, we are happy and that at some stage physical minutes may get signed, but um, I'm not uh, not sure when that may be. Mr Ferguson, are there, are there plans? Do, are, are we um, missing anything here by not getting the physical signature? A lot of people must be in a similar position. Absolutely, Chess. So I think um, the earliest opportunity we can, we'll, we'll get the minutes signed, but uh, your agreement and the audio recording do confirm that the minutes have been approved. Okay, thank you very much. Item number three, questions or statements from non-executive members. Firstly, to say I have a very recently received statement and question from Councillor Dean. They relate to uh, agenda items 9 and 12 to 16, so I propose to take them at that stage. Are there any other questions or statements at this stage? Okay, um, Councillor Cristioni, we can't see you, but I thought you might have said something then. Sorry, I'm, I'm not sure what's going on there. Yeah, no, nothing from me, Chair. Uh, okay. Thank you. Um, items four, there are no matters referred to the executive by the scrutiny committee um, or by the council. Item number five, then there will be issues from uh, scrutiny committee. Councillor Gregory, do you propose to speak now or do you wish to take them as we come to the items on the agenda? Uh, I prefer to speak now, if I may. Uh, leave if that's okay. Thank you very much indeed. It's going to take a little bit of time, I'm afraid, because there's been an awful lot of business transacted over the past couple of mm -hmm. months. So please do bear with me. I'm very glad Councillor Cristioni is here because he'll be able to correct any errors of fact or interpretation that I might inadvertently contribute to. Um, the role of scrutiny is. Praise where merited, and it frequently is merited, and there'll be a number of instances which I would refer to, and criticism where required, both without fear or favour. So let me go through the issues that we have considered over the last two meetings. One, a normal meeting of scrutiny, and one, a local plan scrutiny meeting. We considered, somewhat belatedly, the National Audit Office report on investments in commercial property. And Councillor Caton very kindly uh, returned to 
the committee to present this item as he is the uh, lead, or he was, uh, last session of the council, the lead member for this. We had an extraordinarily valuable discussion uh, led by Councillor Caton with comprehensive input from Councillor uh, Reid and from Mr Webb. The NAO report is illuminating in terms of the things that one should not do and the issues around the around investing for yield and the Public Works Loan Board. I was very, very pleased that it became transparently clear that uh, Uttlesford is a model of probity in the way it has approached these things. And Councillor Caton's rigorous questioning to establish this merely allowed the opportunity for that to be made transparently clear. Councillor Caton did a fabulous job of presenting the issues and councillors, Councillor Reeve and Mr Webb were encyclopedic in their knowledge of the issues and matters arising. So I think we can be very comfortable that the governance of the investment process is robust in terms of ensuring that we comply with external guidelines. Second item came up was the medium term financial strategy. Once again, very impressive. So impressive that um, there was a unanimous vote of thanks proposed to Councillor Hargreaves, Mr Webb, Ms Knight, Ms Whitman, Mr Rorty and their respective teams for turning around what was a very, very worrying situation uh, earlier in the year into a much more robust long-term basis for the finances. Really is a you know, performance above and beyond the call of duty. And although there were rigorous questions on specific line items, which Ms Knight answered with um, impressive grasp of detail, the overall story is that the finance team have done a job which can only really be described as miraculous, bearing in mind the situation we found ourselves in. So I'd like to pass on again, as well as the thanks um, voted by the committee, my uh, profound gratitude for their hard work. Third item was the corporate plan delivery plan. A very, very worthwhile discussion with Councillor Reeve on this. Uh, this matter has improved. It still requires further improvement, but it, very considerable progress has been made since the May iteration. Um, in discussions, the committee agreed with Councillor Reeve that you know, spending further time on refining this iteration doesn't really bring too many uh, benefits to it. We need to be now looking at next year's corporate plan delivery plan to take on board some of the lessons that have been learnt from this particular process. And Councillor Reeve also agreed that he would go away and think about both slightly more detailed performance indicators of items in the corporate plan delivery plan and success indicators. And I have given Councillor Reeve my assurance that Success indicators would not be used as a stick with which to beat the executive or the cabinet in the future, but merely as you know, methods of indicating direction of travel. So, uh, good progress. Uh, we hope to see considerably more progress uh, over the coming year, but uh, a sound basis on which to uh, proceed. 
Councillor Crisioni, have I missed anything? How you doing? Uh, Chairman. Sorry, Councillor Gregory. Jolly good. Um, moving on to the local plan scrutiny meeting. Uh, of course, you know, that meeting was, uh, or is now rather overshadowed by the terribly sad news about uh, Councillor Storer. The good news is that there were unanimous recommendations on all the points that came to scrutiny to yourselves as Cabinet. Going through the individual matters that came out, um, I'd like to bring Cabinet's attention to a comment by Councillor Hall of Great Chesterford regarding consultation with relevant organisations and ensuring that organisations that reflect the interests across the district are there and that uh, due, due attention is paid to those organisations which have to some degree of democratic accountability and uh, scrutiny, in obviously the elected parish and town councils. And Councillor kindly provided his comments which were appended to the draft minutes of scrutiny. To the more substantive items, project management. Members of scrutiny, including Councillor Crisioni, Councillor Coote, myself and Councillor Lecount, had a series of meetings with officers to discuss the details of project management and that informed the paper that came to the meeting and informed the discussion. The committee was impressed with the project management proposals in place and was very grateful for the clarification of the qualifications and experience of the senior staff involved and took great confidence from that. We have put in place regular monitoring meetings of project management and Councillor LeCount is carrying those out. He carried the first of those out last Friday and wrote to me that afternoon to say how impressed he was by the quality of work that he's seeing. So, Project management, which had been an area of quite profound concern in respect of the local plan, is something that we now consider to be on a very firm basis. Uh, project initiation document. Scrutiny was concerned and remains concerned about the clarity of the governance structures and especially the relationships between the various bodies in that wonderful multicolored diagram which you've seen so much of and we asked for clarification on some items of that and in particular on the nature of the roles of the project sponsors being the leader and the chief executive and how that interacted with councillor evans as the portfolio holder councillor evans very kindly has agreed to provide us with an updated note on quite how that will work so we, we look forward to that but um, we were a little surprised that the issues of clarity had not been resolved to the extent that we would have hoped they would have been. We then considered the various issues around the uh, local development scheme, statement of community involvement, and the one whose name I always forget, hang on. Community engagement strategy, thank you. All of which, subject to some minor comments, were once again recommended unanimously to you. The principle of having lead members looking in depth at local plan issues, and Councillor Crisioni and Councillor Coote have taken those roles on very kindly, 
is proving very successful and has been aided by the policy brought forward of uh, pre-scrutiny, which allows us to iron out problems before they start. And on that note, can I just make one reference to an item on your agenda today under item 16, Strategic Infrastructure Delivery Group, in particular the uh, Appendix 2 notes. Uh, there's a great deal in there which I think scrutiny will be interested in in the future, and particularly the issues around early consideration of infrastructure and the necessary limits on infrastructure that there are within a largely rural district. Once again, Councillor Cristiani, have I missed anything or uh, failed to give due accord to anything? Not that I'm aware of, Councillor Gregory. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you, Leader. My apologies for the length of that report, but there was an awful lot of uh, stuff that needed to be got through. Uh, Councillor Gregory, thank you very much. I don't think there's any, uh, any need for apologies. And I think that um, overall, the, the, the views of scrutiny have been helpful, obviously. And uh, it's it's encouraging to uh, to hear that the uh, the the school report is uh, is significantly Im improved. So uh, thank you for that. And um, I feel that particularly with the local plan, we are we are now getting into into our stride. And um, I think it's been worthwhile taking what might have been seen in some areas as a slow start but um, to get the structure right and uh, we're now we're now making we're now making progress um thank you then any other comments on that report from councillor gregory from members okay thank you uh, obviously we're doing the blue hand system and uh and mr ferguson will uh, will put them down if you don't at the end um, reports on assets of community value, uh, there were none unless I'm mistaken. However, I just just like to mention one what might have been a success of the uh, of the ACV program amongst other things, and that is that um, the railway arms in Saffron uh, Walden was finally purchased this week by the uh, by the uh, community group, and it is now. Uh, a, a fully fledged community pub. I say it's, it's fully fledged in stature. I think there's still a bit of work to be done on it. So uh, some measure of success for the ACV scheme. Um, eight air cabinet appointments. So as to consider cabinet membership document approved the following appointments. Councillors Armstrong and Freeman to the Museum Management Working Group. Um, could I have a proposal for that? I saw Councillor Day, thank you. Uh, I'll take a seconding there from Councillor Lees. All those in favour? That looks unanimous, thank you very much indeed. ATA then is to outside bodies to consider the following appointments to outside bodies. Uh, Councillor Reeve to the Saffron Walden Business Improvement District. And then um, to something of, a, of an archaic um, organisation, uh, myself and Councillor Day as trustees of the Crawley Prize Endowment Charity. Now, uh, remarkably little is known about that, but uh, you can be assured that Councillor Day and myself will, uh, will get ourselves familiarised 
and make such decisions that are necessary and report back to you. I think it's a moderate amount of money. I think there's somewhere of the, I believe £12,000 was mentioned as the uh, amount in there. Um, so could I have a proposal? For, sorry, I will, pro no, I can't, I don't want it. Uh, a proposal for that, please. Uh, Councillor Freeman, thank you. A seconder, Councillor Armstrong, thank you. All those in favour? Um, I see no one against that. That is approved. Thank you very much. Sorry, um, Chair, just a quick point of order. Did we um, did we note the delegated decisions, item six? I think we may have missed that one. No, I think we missed those. We did miss that, Mike. Uh, enormous apologies. I'm going to go back to that then now. Thank you, yeah. We have approved uh, 8B, so thank you, Mr Ferguson, for keeping me uh, on track there. Um, this was, and it's on my other screen here, so this was in response to the government uh, consultation. Um, I think I should uh, congratulate officers here for, for putting that together along with, uh, with members. It was a long and comprehensive response. And um, I would actually very much like to propose that that's adopted, but I would just actually take any other comments first. If I see any blue hands, I will take them to comment on that. As I said, I think it was comprehensive. We all had input at the time. So as I see no hands, I will... Um, no, I'm sorry. It's, it's actually taken by me, so I'm not going to propose it. Could I have a proposal that uh, that is received, please? We're just, uh, we're just noting it. Sorry, Chair. We're just noting. So we just... Uh, well, it, says, it says to receive, doesn't it? So do we not formally receive it? We can formally note it. That's, that's certainly OK. okay. Yeah. Councillor Lee's proposed, seconded by uh, Councillor Pepper. Thank you. All those in favour? Thank you. So we've received that. Apologies from the divergence. Uh, on to then the revised uh, corporate plan delivery plan. Councillor Reeve. Thank you. Well, as uh, uh, reported earlier by Councillor Gregory, this was debated at length in the scrutiny committee. It's been through several iterations leading up to that. I'm going to propose that the version that was uh, presented to uh, scrutiny in terms of the detail uh, is the document which we um, uh, support. Okay, thank you. I, um, I was actually going to say that I didn't think we needed to spend a massive amount of time on that. I forgot to say that, but I think that Councillor Reid was correct in that we've not spent a few hours. We have spent dozens, if not hundreds of hours on that. And so um, I will take any uh, final comments before we go along. I see that Councillor Day has raised his blue hand. Colin. Um, well, it's just a tidy up, really, uh, Chair. It's been mentioned on several occasions, but we still haven't got it right regarding who has youth in their portfolio. Um, I'll say I have raised this a number of occasions, but it still hasn't been put right. And if it's going to go to uh, uh, out to public, then I think we need to top and tail it correctly. Okay, yes, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I, I, I do remember that, that uh, you've raised that on a number of occasions. Um, I wonder, Mr. Harborough, could, could we make sure that that is, is corrected in the document? Can I, can I just ask, uh, I'm, I'm terribly sorry, uh, Councillor Day, if I've uh, uh, not been paying sufficient attention to this, 
uh, have, have I ever had uh, anything written from you to say what needed changing in the way that you wanted it? Well, Councillor Reeve, um, it's been discussed in jets. Um, uh, I, I won't point fingers. It's, uh, it's wrong to do that. But uh, I say it has been um, commented on a number of occasions. And I wouldn't have thought that one needs to put it in writing. To be no, I, I, I accept that. But that's my I'm, particular view. No, I, I accept that. I'm just talking for myself that I'm not necessarily sure exactly uh, how to get it exactly right for you. So we know what the formal titles of the portfolio holders are. We need to make that correction and it will be done before it's published. Right. Okay, thank you. In that, in that case, can I uh, change my proposal? And that's that... Uh, the as corrected taking that point into account is important. And I, do, and I do apologise to Councillor Day for omitting uh, uh, that point. Thank you. Uh, Councillor Eek, your hand is raised. It is, thank you, Chair. Just to say, I did raise it at the last JEP meeting. Um, but equally, I want to point out that it needs changing in the website, on the Council website, it still has incorrect titles for portfolio holders for youth. Okay, so I'm presuming it will. Uh, Miss Harbury will be changed in both places then. Yeah, Mr. Harbury is nodding, so that's correct. Any, any further comments then on the corporate plan delivery plan? <clears throat> Sorry. Okay, Councillor Reeve has proposed uh, its acceptance. Could I have a seconder for that, please? Councillor Day, thank you very much. All those in favour? That looks like that's unanimous. Thank you very much indeed. On then to the uh, medium-term financial strategy, the mid-year update. Councillor Harvey. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, this document, as you heard, has been uh, scrutinised through scrutiny. Uh, it will also go to full council. Normally, I'm guessing it's a fairly boring thing. Everyone just waits for me to stop speaking to go to the next item uh, in a normal year. But, of course, it's no, not... It's not... It's not... You can't say that. I tell you sorry to interject. Point of order, Mr Councillor Hargreaves. That's incorrect, sir. <laughs> OK, I'll start correcting but it's not a normal year. I think we, we all know that. So the, this report is showing the, the things that really have changed. Normally, it's fairly it's quite fairly simple to keep a, a, a council's accounts on track on budget because we know what our council tax is going to be. We know what our business rate is going to be. We know what our expenditure is. Uh, there's always the odds, odds and sods things that happen. But by and large, it's, it's not like running a business where sales can crash or sales can go up. Uh, however, uh, life is different this year. So the key uh, factors here, of course, are the council's um, extra expenditure and losses of income for COVID. Uh, the government's uh, subsidy are part of that. They're all factored into here. I think we are about net about £800,000 down between our losses and the, and, and the subsidy. As you've heard, the commercial income coming on stream early, uh, which has allowed us to cover that uh, £800,000 uh, sort of deficit and 
to be able to set aside some cash in reserves for other good works which which you have seen. Um, I'll just draw your attention to to one or two things. Um, paragraph twelve. Um, all losses incurred due to the non-payment of council tax and business rates are expected to be managed by the council and no additional financial support is expected uh, uh, from, from the government. For um, parish and town councils, the district council pays their precept on time, on budget, whatever happens. So that means that the district council covers any losses, non-collectibles, late, late payments, uh, uh, on behalf of town councils and uh, parish councils. For the bigger preceptors, effectively Essex and Fire and Police, that's not so generous. And the ins and outs get, get washed together at the end of the year. Uh, and then that effectively is taken off them. So they, they don't get that, that benefit uh, from us. Um, you've seen... Uh, for investments are marked up on paragraph uh, 14. Uh, we have the next large one, which we can't talk about yet, but just to draw attention that the income from that is not in the, not been brought into the current financial year. It's been brought into the next financial year. So should for any reason that not, not come to fruition, we have got time to fix that one and get something else in its place. So we're not taking income into this financial year, which we have not got nailed down. On the reserves, uh, I think you've already seen all that. It's on. It's been publicised. Just to draw attention to one item: the big business recovery fund, a uh, million pounds. Um, just to be clear, I don't want to be announcing things, new money that's not really new money. What that is is, is there is a large reserve for business rate valuation appeals, and because those can go back over many years, they can be quite substantial. Uh, those have been time out uh, and therefore it's felt that the reserves do not need to be as large and therefore it's been moved into this uh, economic recovery plan which I feel is a sort of nice circular thing that what was reserved against business rates goes back in, in effectively to, to, to business and economic uh, support. Um, we've also got half a million pound emergency reserve in case COVID turns even more nasty than it appears to be. Um, it's uncertainty. We don't know what's going to happen, so we've got a reserve for that as well. Uh, and the final one to draw attention to is paragraph 21. We are putting much more reliance on our investment income. Up till now, it's been fine. But as we've seen with COVID, stuff just happens. So therefore, we've also got uh, a £1.06 million reserve now, specifically against uh, our, our, our income from the commercial investments. Should we find we've got a void, should we find somebody can't, doesn't pay, and we have to do some renegotiation. So we're covering ourselves on that as well. Um, one last point, on the actual tables themselves of the medium term financial strategy on page A, council tax income. Um, the question was asked of me um, by another councillor in a brief uh, discussion in the pub garden. 
are we ever going to end up to the stage we don't need council tax at all? My view on that is uh, we're always going to need the council tax because you always want to have as many different sources of income as you can. You don't want to be dependent on one thing if you don't know what's going to happen. I would also say that um, people don't value things they're not paying for. Yes. So this, this line here is assumes we will increase the council tax in line with inflation of 1.99% that we are allowed to do uh, towards the end of the MTFS. So uh, we're not seeking not to have council tax. Uh, I think that needs to be there. People know should be actually paying for the bin collections and everything else. So there you go. Uh, the, what we're recommending. Um, Cabinet is requested to recommend to council the mid-year updated medium-term financial strategy for approval. Uh, Council Hargreaves, thank you. I will take that as a proposal. Um, I have a question now from Councillor Christiani. So, thank you, uh, Chairman. Thank you, Councillor Hargreaves. So, at the uh, an announcement last week, the government obviously announced one billion pounds additional funding for councils. Um, I know Mr. Webb has sort of uh, helpfully um, responded to a query I had on that. Um, do we know how much we expect if things are in line with previous funding, how, we might, how much we might receive? Um, and a second question, which I'll, I'll happily uh, take as a sort of written one afterwards, if that's all right with you, Councillor Harbury's. Um, £6 million has been uh, announced for local councils in dealing with domestic abuse. Um, I just wonder whether we have any intention uh, or any requirement to... Uh, to ask for money in that respect. Um, so, yeah, I, I realise that's quite an out-of-the-blue question, so one that you might want to take away. I'm happy to speak offline. Uh, on the first question, I, I don't know any details on that. Perhaps Mr Webb can assist on, on that. The second question, uh, again, I, I will take that away. I don't know whether uh, that is something that we will be handling, whether that will be an Essex County Council-type matter rather than ours. Uh, our general principle is if there's anything, any money which is available to us, then we will ask for it. We always go for what we can, we can get. Perhaps Mr. Webb may be able to answer the first question, how much we might get on this next government announcement. Thank you, Jeff. Um, I'll, I'll certainly try and answer the first one, but um, the simple answer is we don't know. There's been at least two different methodologies used to work out the COVID funding grant so far. So I, I think it's safer for us just to wait and see what we get. Uh, it's a relatively small pot of you know, one billion, but um, so we won't have a huge share of that. But as soon as we're aware, we'll circulate to all members for that particular reason. Uh, just, just one additional point for me, and it was the discussion around council tax. I mean, I you know I don't sit in the cabinet. I'm a mere member of the opposition, but um, down here in, in Flitch Green and Little Dunmo. Um, uh, council tax is quite a big issue, actually, and for young families, there's many a young family here in Flitch Green, um, I think they would be extremely welcoming of a council that was looking towards uh, either a council tax freeze or a lowering of council tax. You know, that, that is an aspiration, um, but it'd be, it'd be helpful to understand and maybe, to, again, to talk offline about um, whether that's a, a distinct possibility. I mean, it probably goes back to ideology. I think if you tax people more, they've got less in their pockets. Um, and I like the idea of taxing them less in that instance. So um, I, I'd be interested, uh, again, perhaps offline, to, to listen to what you've got to say on that. Okay. Just one comment on that. Uh, of course, the uh, Othersford preset is very small. Um, 
and the increase we went for last time was uh, the maximum we're allowed to, to do, which was a five pound a year increase, which is not very much. So it's already small. Obviously, we also have the most generous LCTS scheme, I think, of any of the, the, the councils in Essex. Uh, so for people who really seriously cannot pay, have difficulty paying, they've got a very, very good scheme uh, indeed. Um, yeah, I think really it's most of the, most of the tax, of course, is, is taken by Essex and uh, fire and police. Uh, it's mostly not down. Uh, also, also, if, also, parish councils have, have been increasing their precepts, um, particularly those parish councils who are subject to a large number of planning applications. Uh, they have realised that the only way of dealing with them uh, is to fight appeals and appeals cost £50,000, £100,000, and they whack the precepts up to do that. Um, so I would say, really, our impact, the district council's impact, on the overall council tax is actually quite, it's actually quite small. Um, but having said that, I don't think, if you know, we suddenly find in you know, three years' time we've got so much commercial income that we don't know what to do with it, uh, I don't think it would be unreasonably increasing council tax if we didn't need it. It's only that... Um, at the moment, on the scheme of what we've got, we've only set the commercial investment fund to get us to where we need to be and not anymore. And going back to discussions at the scrutiny committee, Councillor Caton, uh, sort of questioning about the risk involved, we don't want to do any more commercial investment than we need to, um, because obviously there is risk involved in that we need to as i said at the beginning have all the different sources of income coming in if you never know what's going to happen so there we are perhaps we can discuss it some other time okay thank you council hargreaves i i believe though that our um council tax take um is relative is relatively low com compared to many authorities i don't know whether you have figures to hand as to where we might rank in the table of local authorities. I don't expect you to have it there, but I believe we're quite low. Um, in my pile of papers, I have it somewhere, but... Uh, okay, I don't answer that now. But I think the point was, I think that, to be fair, the, the last administration did keep it quite low, so we started from a, from a low base, and hence the, uh, the, the, the relative take is, uh, is low, and as Carson Halgrave said, it's all uh, not vastly important in the overall council tax tape because it mainly goes to Essex Fire and Police. Uh, Councillor Lees has a point. Uh, yes, thank you, Chair. Actually, uh, Councillor Hargreaves mentioned the fact that it was us with the tax, ours is a low portion, so I won't repeat that. I just wanted to answer the domestic finance is that at maybe not the last, but the, before the COVID pandemic, at an Essex Leaders Council Christiani, there is a new initiative on domestic abuse. The police have a new strategy, looking at a new strategy of dealing with it, uh, looking at better intervention and how we can support. So I am pretty sure that we will be looking for some of that money from the domestic abuse fund that the government have said, whether it will be Uttersford on its own initially or whether we, we will be contributing to an Essex-wide 
consideration of domestic abuse, but I would imagine we would certainly be looking at some of the pot. No, that, that's fair enough. I'll, I'll send you this link, actually. It's quite sort of helpful. But I think if the money's there, you know, we, we might as well look into it. It's, it's clearly a, an important issue, especially in these sort of circumstances. Um, and so, yeah, absolutely understood on that point. Thank you, everybody. Um, Councillor Hargreaves has proposed uh, the uh, recommendation to Council of the Mid-Year Updated MTFS Strategy. Can I have a seconder for that, please? I'd happily do that. Pardon? I would happily do that. Councillor Reid, thank you very much indeed. All of those in favour? That looks unanimous. Thank you, members. Um, I just need to step back with an apology, uh, Mr Ferguson, if, uh, if you can note that for the minutes. Uh, having said that I've received... Uh, a late email from Councillor Dean. I actually forgot about it. Uh, with regard to agenda item nine, the, the uh, delivery plan, uh, he, uh, he asked to express his disappointment that this version, after a partial comparison, not to differ from the plan presented to the Scrutiny Committee on 24th of September. The plan before Cabinet today contains no additional deliverable outcomes despite the efforts by scrutiny, including my own carefully documented list of questions, challenges and suggested improvements. So I would here thank Councillor Dean for his comments as a conclusion to that item. Moving on then to item uh, 11, which is the revised Equality policy, again, something which has had... Uh, sorry, sorry, I see Councillor Armstrong waving at me. Yeah, sorry, I forgot to put my blue hand up, but I thought this may be a good point uh, to make my small announcement. Uh, indeed, and again, I uh, having gone back, I, before I moved on, I forgot to ask you. So, in fact, uh, as, as um, we have the, uh, the revised medium-term financial strategy, uh, uh, Councillor Armstrong has uh, an announcement he would like to make. Okay. Thank you, Chair. Uh, well, I'd like to start off thanking uh, Councillor Neil Hargreaves, Mr Webb and his team, uh, and the Investment Board. Uh, and I'm delighted to announce that due to their hard work and subject to due diligence and the MTFS being approved at Council in December, it is the administration's intention to award £150,000 to the Saffron Walden Sports Pitch Project. Uh, this is the first of uh, three projects that we're going to carry out throughout the district. Uh, the people involved in all of this will be liaising as we go forward, but we're quite lucky this has come around quite quickly, but it's due to the hard work of the rest of the team, uh, and I get to spend all this lovely money. Uh, before people complain that Saffron Walden once again is up the front, uh, that's because they are. They've done all the hard work needed uh, for this administration to honour a previous commitment to passing this money to enable nearly a million pounds worth of pitch and facilities to come to Saffron Walden. So if other areas in the district get a bit jealous, uh, all I can say is please join in. 
Thanks very much. Thank you, Councillor Hargreaves. I um, I got involved with this a long time ago. I had meetings with uh, with the Football Association myself some years ago, well well before the, the, the last election. The, the FA would expect that they would be of the order of three or four such 3G football pitches in Uttlesford. Um, at the moment, we have none. The um, uh, junior football teams, and just to say, this has been very much led by the, the, uh, the, the, the junior and uh, girls football uh, organisations here, have, will have raised somewhere of the order of three quarters of a million pounds from other sources, including the Football Association. Uh, it's been a, a tremendous effort, and uh, I think they've, they've done uh, incredibly well. So, uh, so we, we've, we're very pleased with that. Uh, Councillor Light. Thank you, Claire. Yes, I absolutely welcome that. So uh, thank you for that, Councillor Armstrong. I know that they've been raising money by all sorts of events and car washings and um, sweet selling and cake uh, stands, etc. over the last uh, probably a year now. So I'm delighted um, and welcome this um, Saffron Walden football players will be delighted. Thank you. Thank you, Councillor Light. Uh, Councillor Hargreaves. Uh, thanks. Yes, I just wanted to have a word about the next two tranches of cash which are going into reserves for the following year and the year after that. Um, I'm just arranging a meeting with uh, myself, Councillor Armstrong and Ms Hayden, who is the officer, who, uh, the grants officer. I think her official title is rather more fun than that. She's aware that I'm just... Earlier this week, she said she's too busy do, dealing with weddings, anyway. Uh, because we need to just specify uh, in terms of, of applying for grants what, what the general rules are. Um, Saffron Warden, I think, got priority because they'd already done the work. I think a previous, um, it's not a guarantee, but a previous offer had been made by the previous administration, therefore we, we obviously we can stick to that. But going forward, we do need to set some, some, some guidance on, on how, how this money uh, can be applied for and can be spent. So uh, we're going to get to work on that to give, give some guidance people as to what to, to how, how to apply for the cash. And I would say, actually, if anyone's looking at what to do uh, to get things, have a look at what Saffron Warden have done. I've been to their documentation. I do grant applications myself for all sorts of things, and I thought theirs was a particularly good piece of work, uh, lesson on how to, how to get funding and how to carry projects forward. Yeah. Thank, Thank you. you. Councillor Hargreaves, that uh, rather winds up item 10. Uh, sorry, Councillor Pepper, to have kept you waiting. I was just about to say that we've always spent a lot of time on this and uh, pleased at where we were. So um, over to you for uh, um, an update on the um, equality, revised equality policy. Um, I hope you won't mind if I also say thank you very much before I get on to item 11 uh, to Adrian Webb. Angela Knight and uh, Councillor Hargreaves for my one million pounds towards uh, climate change, which um, we can spend within the next three years. So I would like to say I'm extremely grateful for that as well. So thank you very much. Okay, so item 11, the equalities. So the... Uh, You've got me to... I know, I've just realised that. 
Um, I would also like to take the opportunity before I go, um, you know, forward, and, you know, to highlight what the policy um, sort of outlines. I would like to say a special thank you to the officers involved, which are Fiona Gardner and uh, Kerry Vinton. So a big thank you, um, you know, uh, goes out to them as well. So, so the um, Equality Act was updated in 2010. So this needed to, to be reflected in the amendments to the Comprehensive Equality Policy produced in 2009. The Equality Act um, 2010 has been replaced has replaced the three previous duties um, covering race, uh, disability, and gender with a single single public sector equality duty. The single equality duty recognises the following protected characteristics as being age, disability, sex, sexual orientation, race, religion or belief, gender reassignment, marriage or civil partnership, pregnancy and maternity. Ushers for District Council will also ensure that no personal group suffers direct or indirect discrimination due to factors relating to caring duties for dependents or unrelated criminal activities. Ushersford District Council's aim is for its workforce to be truly representative of all sectors of society and its customs, and for each employee to feel respected and able to give their best. Ushersford District Council also has a legal duty to work in a way that is compliant with the human rights legislation. Ushersford District Council recognises that discrimination can take place in many forms and is committed to a zero tolerance of harassment and discrimination. So we all, um, we had a member all staff workshop um, on equality, diversity and inclusion um, in uh, this month. Um, the council's equality objectives will regularly be reviewed and published. Uh, the corporate equality policy will be kept up to date. So this is a live policy, so it can be obviously updated at any particular time. There are a couple of policies that relate um, to the EU. So obviously, once we leave, um, that will be something that will have to be revised. Um, so obviously, Cabinet recommends that full council adopts the amended Ustelswood Equality Policy published in September. So that's Councillor Pepper, thank you for that proposal. Councillor Lees. Uh, thank you very much, Chair. Um, I'd like to sec I'd like to jump in quickly and second it, not just because it's two one we're proposing and one one second. Uh, one is because um, I've been incredibly impressed with this new life policy. I like very much the fact that it's going to be live and it can change as we go along and not set in stone. As things change, as people change, as laws change. So I would very much like to second it. Uh, and also, I am also aware of the excellent hard work that the officers have done this, Fiona Gardner, Kerry Vinton. And I'm also very aware of the very hard work that Councillor Pepper's done. So I'd like to congratulate her on that. It's great to have a good, informative document, Councillor Pepper, that is right for today. Thank you very much for doing Thank that. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Um, any other comments? We've had we, we we've had the, the proposal and it's been seconded. Any other comments, or should we go to the vote? I was also just going to mention this has gone to scrutiny as well. This document. 
Indeed, indeed. As with so many items on on the agenda, we feel as though we've uh, <laughs> been through them more than once. But uh, in the interest of democracy, that is tremendous. Uh, I see no other hands. So all those in favour. That looks unanimous. Thank you very much indeed. Going on then to um, the number of uh, planning items. Um, again, we've 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 looked at these uh, uh, at length. Uh, obviously, in uh, in pre scrutiny. Um, I would like to eventually take a. A single vote on this, if that's permissible, Mr. Ferguson. Can I amalgamate these, or do I technically need to do them all separately? So this would be the recommendations for items 13, 14, 15 and 16. Uh, 12 as well. And 12 as well, my apologies, yes. Um, I've got no issues with that, as long as everybody is clear on what they're voting okay, on. Okay. Um, well, I'll, I'll give everybody the opportunity to, to object to particular points if they wish to. Otherwise... I will ask uh, Councillor Evans to uh, to speak to them and uh, and obviously take uh, take questions as we go. Councillor Evans. Sorry, I just had a little uh, difficulty in unmuting unmuting myself. Thank you, uh, Chairman. Um, uh, perhaps before I can. Um, make some brief remarks in relation to these papers, uh, it would be appropriate for me to acknowledge uh, the input of the late Councillor Storer uh, in respect of uh, these items. Uh, they are indeed uh, uh, merely the product of work uh, by the officers and reviewed by me, but uh, he also was involved in uh, their review uh, in his capacity as Deputy Portfolio Holder and also as the chairman of the uh, leadership group, uh, so I would like to uh, acknowledge uh, very much um, uh, his uh, participation uh, and his experience in this uh, area. Uh, I will be speaking to uh, all of them other than uh, in relation to the one paper um, uh, as regards uh, infrastructure, which uh, Councillor uh, Eek will be uh, speaking to. Uh, I'm fortified in uh, feeling able to make uh, relatively brief remarks uh, upon these uh, papers uh, since they have actually been the subject of uh, review by the leadership uh, group uh, and also by the local plan uh, division, uh, as it were, of the scrutiny uh, committee. Uh, and perhaps I can thank uh, Councillor Gregory for his uh, early remarks uh, as uh, our very critical friend uh, an honest uh, uh, interlocutor uh, in relation to these documents. I think that they have uh, indeed benefited um, uh, greatly from uh, review by the, that uh, body, uh, and uh, I look forward very much to continuing uh, to provide whatever assistance to uh, that committee I can. Um, if, for example, I can then move quickly to the uh, first uh, uh, document the uh, local development uh, scheme. Uh, this is the most important uh, of these documents coming before you. It is a statutory uh, document uh, and provides for 
the way in which consultation uh, will be undertaken in relation to the local plan. So it's an underpinning uh, of the work which we've already started. So it's ratifying effectively uh, the way in which we will be proceeding, dealing with consultation and also setting out a uh, timetable uh, for the uh, plan. Uh, so everything else really flows from this uh, document. Uh, it does uh, set out references to the timetable which we have uh, set for ourselves uh, leading up towards uh, uh, submission uh, of, a, of a draft plan for inspection in August 2023. Uh, we don't know what will be the outcome of consultation, of course, in relation to the uh, planning white paper. Uh, that uh, consultation exercise is being commented upon uh, by us with a view to answers being provided to the Ministry by the 29th of uh, October. Uh, those uh, draft uh, responses are presently uh, out uh, before the LPLG for review uh, at their next meeting on Monday coming. Uh, but whatever happens uh, coming out of the government after this white paper review, uh, we may well indeed have to make uh, adaptations and adjustments uh, to the uh, uh, scheme, uh, but it will be kept uh, up to date as is anticipated uh, in the papers uh, before you. Uh, there are two things which we had anticipated historically um, that would be looked at um, in our next um, uh, local development scheme. This one is actually replacing that in place from uh, October 2018. And the two things that we had anticipated dealing with were uh, community infrastructure levy uh, and uh, that uh, will not now be uh, dealt with because uh, the white paper uh, anticipates uh, likely changes in that uh, regard. Uh, uh, and in relation to uh, SPDs, that's something which we also will uh, be needing to uh, look at again and determining whether or not uh, we wish to update uh, uh, and extend our work in that uh, area. Uh, perhaps I could just pause at that uh, point, uh, Chairman, in case uh, in relation to that document there are any questions. Which, uh, Indeed, I have uh, a blue hand for Councillor Day. Um, it, really, um, Chair, um, follow on, I think, from what John, I would, I'd like John to uh, continue, but I, I'd put it um, that I will give a, a wash up, if you like. Okay, fine, we'll leave that. Councillor Freeman. Yes, thank you, Chairman. Uh, table three, other adopted documents as of July 2020. The second one is on page 100. Energy efficiency and renewable energy. The adoption date was October 2007, 13 years ago. Uh, the science and the technology has moved on substantially since then. Uh, the whole thinking on the subject has moved on substantially since 2007. And I suggest that we do an urgent update on that SPV because it does inform what we can insist upon from developers. Uh, and if it's uh, 13 years out of date, then we are insisting only on things that are history. And I suggest we update that. But I'm very happy to contribute to that or whatever if necessary. But I think it's an urgent matter. Thanks, Ron. Uh, thank you, uh, Councillor Freeman. Indeed, when one looks at Table 3, um, the dates appearing on the right-hand column 
uh, do remind one that these uh, SPVs are, um, have got uh, uh, very old dates on them, and uh, it is something which I will be discussing with if I can just come back, Chairman, it's not a criticism, but SPVs are very valuable in the sense that in the absence of a new local plan, they are the nearest thing we have to being able to insist on planning matters, so they are particularly important for us, and I think we need to, uh, you know, put our shoulder to the wheel on that one. I'm very happy to assist, as I say, if it's appropriate. Thank you. Thank you, Councillor Freeman. Councillor Pepper. Um, don't forget, we've got the interim climate planning document, which should cover the energy sector. So I'm sure um, that's due to be, the draft's due to be completed this month and will be reviewed um, by our climate working group. So that should cover that as well. So um, hopefully that will be satisfactory for um, Councillor Freeman. Yeah, Rem reminds us how dynamic this is. Councillor Lee. Yeah, sorry, Mr. Mr. Chair. Uh, Councillor Evans, if I can just clarify a couple of points, if I may, on the timetable, is as you're aware, with the white paper, we were looking at how that might affect. There does There is a little bit of concern, tittly-tattly rumour, whichever you want to, however you want to say it, uh, of questioning whether we're going to proceed with this local plan in the time frame that we said we would. Um, obviously, we've had to reconvene an LPLG meeting due to agenda items needing some clarification. May I just ask you, well, it sounds a bit like question time here, doesn't it? Um, may I just uh, double check or for you to clarify that you do believe that we are going to be on the timetable that we set out? Uh, yes, uh, <clears throat> there's absolutely no reason to um, suppose that the timetable will uh, will have slipped. It would be um, uh, appalling if uh, that were um, the case, let alone perceived to be the case. Uh, but I was actually quite interested to hear uh, from Councillor Gregory earlier when he said that uh, Councillor LeCount was actually um, making independent um, checks as to uh, progress. I actually did not know that that was uh, the case, and I'll be very um, pleased to speak to um, uh, Councillor Gregory and or Councillor LeCamp to uh, hear from, uh, from them as to um, the detail of uh, what they uh, uh, have been finding out. Um, but uh, it was pleasing to hear that uh, things seem to be um, entirely on timetable uh, from uh, Councillor LeCamp's inquiries. Lovely, thank you. Um, thank you. Councillor Evans, would you like to move on? Thank you. Uh, the next uh, document uh, prepared on this occasion uh, by Officer uh, Sarah Nicholas uh, is the Community Engagement Strategy. Uh, this has um, been uh, viewed uh, by you uh, previously, and there's an updated uh, version uh, which takes into account uh, comments uh, made um, uh, by Scrutiny uh, Committee. Uh, it describes uh, the nine uh, themes which are going to be uh, reviewed uh, uh, reviewed uh, as part of our community uh, engagement uh, exercise, inviting the community to uh, comment. Um, perhaps I could just uh, re-emphasise the importance um, for all members to be bringing to the attention of the uh, councils to which they uh, provide their reports uh, of this uh, exercise. 
uh, and uh, seeking to um, uh, ask the third, the third tiers and any other bodies uh, to whom they make um, reports periodically uh, of the importance of uh, this uh, exercise. Uh, the uh, messages contained in this document uh, do need to be uh, conveyed to the public uh, in whichever way is available to each and, one, each and every one of us uh, and uh, does need to be repeated uh, as frequently as possible. Thank you. I have uh, a blue hand from Councillor Cassione. Thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the community engagement strategy is something I've sort of been looking over as, a, as an area of interest for me, uh, specifically. Um, the, the one area where I'd say it falls uh, short, and by no means a criticism, but something I think we should be aware of, um, is in, you know, when we assess local plans, we're not just looking at what the local authority can provide and what all of its statutory consultees are saying. It's about proving deliverability. And so whilst there is reference to approaching landowners and developers in the district, there is a lobby, uh, well, I don't know if it's a lobby organisation, but there is an organisation set up uh, in Essex called the Essex Developers Group. And actually, they're rather reasonable. I've been to them a couple of times in my uh, sort of professional capacity. Um, and they provide they provide views uh, in on deliverability, on infrastructure and how developers uh, look to approach um, those big questions that we consider in local plans. So um, not a group, I think, to be ignored and one that may well help us um, in terms of looking at deliverability. Thank you for that. Um, Councillor uh, thank you, Chair. Um, sorry, Councillor Evans, to, I should have asked you these questions. But may I just ask you to clarify in the community engagement? Because obviously we have town and parish councils that want to be involved and residents that want to be involved. Um, if you're a parish councillor, and obviously we're, I'm pretty sure we're going to have a forum for parish councils and town councils, aren't we? And a community engagement for stakeholders and residents. Are you able to go to both if you're a parish councillor? Can you put both hats on? Um, and secondly, I, am I right in thinking that if we have parish councils at all at two events, then they sit, have two bites of the cherry, one could argue, I suppose. Or do parish councils look at something differently than residents? But we, I, am, I get the impression that we are having a separate two parish councils and town councils and residents. Is that right? Uh, yes, the, the town and parish councils forum already exists. Uh, and indeed, there was a meeting of that body uh, last week, uh, which uh, Councillor Day actually attended as well uh, as I did. Uh, and Councillor Day uh, will be, uh, is involved in uh, spreading the message and uh, participating in things, given his uh, communities uh, wearing his community's uh, hat. Um, but uh, the opportunity, I think, for the town and parish councils is going to be different from that of uh, other bodies. Um, so I don't think it would be appropriate for town and parish councils to be involved in an additional body. It doesn't seem to me, anyway, logical or appropriate for uh, uh, the elected members uh, and their clerks 
um, of, of the third tiers to be doubly represented. Uh, they will have representation, of course, and it's a matter for them then to make their points and for us uh, as the administration to ensure that uh, the questions to be put to whichever of these two fora uh, are uh, put out to them uh, effectively and uh, in sufficient detail that everyone has the opportunity to participate, possibly not at the same time, but, uh, but sorry, possibly not in the same room, as it were, but, but at the same time, concurrently, in a way. Yeah, thank you. I thought I knew the answer, but I just wanted to double-check. Thank you. Okay, no other comments. Uh, Councillor Evans, could you uh, keep going? On to the SCR. Sorry, I'm just having a bit of uh, delay on my uh, on my mouse. Uh, the uh, statement of community involvement is the uh, third uh, document, uh, and uh, I'll just uh, get that here. Uh, and once again, uh, this has been uh, thoroughly. Um, through the uh, mill. Uh, it's been reviewed very recently um, by the uh, leadership group, uh, and uh, perhaps it's appropriate uh, just to mention uh, in relation to uh, this uh, that uh, funding has been uh, provided, uh, and uh, we can see uh, later on uh, the type of costs involved in uh, this exercise. Uh, these things are, of course, uh, fully uh, budgeted, uh, but I think that this document of itself is actually worth um, a careful uh, review. Uh, it is quite extensively amended as compared with the version originally prepared uh, in March 2019, uh, and I, I don't know whether or not uh, Councillor Day would uh, wish to uh, express some uh, views and thoughts at the end of uh, this presentation. Uh, but this document is obviously one which is, again, something to be going out uh, into the community with and for us to uh, seek the engagement of as many uh, people and bodies as possible and in as many means by which, uh, by that I mean uh, modern means of communication as well as the traditional ones, uh, but recognising, of course, that not everybody uh, is, uh, uh, has the means of uh, accessing electronic technology, but these are things which we will be ensuring that uh, as wide a dissemination as possible uh, is achieved. Thank you. Councillor Day, is this the point at which you, you would wish to uh, make a comment? Yes, Chair. Um, basically, what uh, I was going to say was, um, as I say, a wash-up. But um, I'll, I'll come in on the point that um, Councillor Evans had made regarding the engagement. Um, it's, it's clear, certainly, from the advice that you received from um, the peer review of the Local Government Association, that we need to engage with as many people as possible. And that includes ones that traditionally, perhaps, have not been engaged with. And I would suggest that those um, are much younger people 
Um, older people seem to have time and want to um, get involved in these sort of things. But it is the younger people, the young families um, that are struggling to keep a roof over their head, struggling to keep it up. Um, probably the age group of 20 to uh, 40 year olds have not shown a great deal of interest in these things in the past. But of course, they will be the ones who inherit 20, 25 years time um, when the houses are built. So they have a great part, I think, to play in this. And, and taking it even lower is to the youth of the district. They will certainly be the ones that inherit and uh, we should be arrogant um, if that's the word to use, say that we will impose things upon them. I think they have a great part to play. I've been discussing with um, officers today that how we actually uh, engage with sounds uh, sounds very good and easy to do, but myself and uh, the officers do not think it will be um, as easy as I think. So, yes, we're going to drill down, um, and this goes back to, again, what um, Councillor Adams um, and Councillor Louise touched the engagement with the parish and the town councils. I would suggest that the parishes and the towns um, should know their uh, residents far better than what we do. They will know the little crannies um, where we need to actually get in there and speak to these people. So we will have a big part to play. I've already started at the um, Barnston Parish Council meeting um, 10 days ago uh, and touched upon that subject um, to say that, you know, can you please engage with us um, and tell us where we need to be able to get into the communities and find these people? So yes, that, I think the parishes have a big role to play um, in all this. Um, and probably it does need some sort of separate meeting to separate um, this to be able to find, uh, say, these people that we need to be able to communicate with who we've never communicated in uh, in the past. And of course, um, the current pandemic, I would suggest, doesn't uh, you can physically get out into the communities and to rely um, on team meetings or Zoom meetings doesn't make it, I don't think, quite as personable um, as what it could be. But going to the wash-up um, leader, uh, you touched upon it when um, Councillor uh, Gregory uh, mentioned um, scrutiny, and you touched upon saying that um, we were criticised, that we were slow getting off the ground with the local plan. Well, I would uh, suggest that we should not make any mistake uh, that a tremendous amount of work has been going on in the background um, to make sure that we can get this right. And I think these documents will form the bedrock um, 
allowing us um, to go forward. So I would like to applaud the officers um, for the hard work that they've put, as I say, making this foundation uh, as strong as it can be. Councillor, thank you very much. Just touching on one of your points about the involvement of the, the younger elements of the community, I, I, I remember suggesting in the last plan that um, uh, the younger elements were quite capable of designing a, a, a new community using Minecraft. Uh, my, uh, my, my grandson assures me that he could, and uh, there may still be some scope for that as we, uh, as we do engage the community. Uh, Councillor Evans, then back to you for uh, the uh, the PID, I think, next. Yes, this is the last document that I'm just going to um, mention. Um, and uh, it's a very important uh, document because it deals really with um, the management uh, of the project, if we can <clears throat> put it that way, that this is the project management uh, uh, describing uh, document. And there had been some concerns expressed among uh, members and also um, from residents as to uh, how efficiently were we going to be managing the, the project of the local plan. Uh, I was uh, pleased to hear uh, Councillor Gregory um, say earlier uh, that the presentation given to the scrutiny uh, committee on this very point uh, and the role of the project manager was very well received uh, and I was very impressed I have to say by uh, what I heard on that occasion quite apart from what I'd already been uh, reading about it uh, but perhaps I can just um, remind uh, us this evening that um, on page 170 of our pack uh, we have um, the uh, description of the different uh, officers and the different functions um, of those individuals who will be involved in the management of our plan. And there are 12 people involved uh, in it with different functions. They're identified uh, there by name and by uh, function. Uh, and I, I think that uh, it is important actually to appreciate that that is uh, a large body of talent and, ex and experience and expertise that we have assembled uh, to uh, go forward. Uh, the costs of the exercise, uh, as I briefly mentioned uh, earlier, uh, are substantial. Um, they have been budgeted for, but they're set out at page 169 of our pack. Um, uh, and so uh, uh, the staff costs come in at a touch less than three million pounds. Um, and then the professional advice and services um, at uh, 3.4 million. Um, so this is not a cheap exercise and we want to be sure that uh, uh, we are getting value for money quite apart from uh, ensuring that the programme itself uh, is efficiently uh, managed. Uh, but I think that that uh, document does contain a great deal of information to uh, assuage the concerns which might, be, which might have been expressed and felt um, uh, earlier by um, members and residents as to our ability to bring this plan uh, uh, forward to bed uh, in, in a, a timely way. Thank you, Councillor Evans. I think, as I mentioned before, I was, I was also very, very pleased to hear the comments from Councillor Gregory on scrutiny. And um, 
overall, I uh, it, it, it makes me feel confident about the process that uh, that we are going through. So our plan for the plan seems to be in good order. Uh, any more comments before I move on to the strategic infrastructure delivery group? In which case, on to Councillor Eek. Thank you, Chair. Yeah. Um, yes, the uh, strategic infrastructure delivery group, just to put it in perspective, it's, uh, it will make recommendations. It's not a decision-making body. Um, and its role and status in the local plan is outlined there in the, uh, the PID document. So you can see from the organogram there where we, where we will sit. It will be chaired by myself and there will be a number of members as uh, um, set out in Appendix 1 to this, this paper. I think just by way of background, I think uh, you're all aware of the role that infrastructure um, had in the last local plan or the failure of the last local plan um, and in particular the lack of transport links, um, the road infrastructure um, uh, and indeed the lack of uh, transport links, rail, road, the, M the state of the M11 and so on, uh, all took their toll on the last plan. We cannot afford to let that happen going forward. We've had a number of workshops recently, and again, you're all aware that uh, there are a number of growth areas around Uttlesford. We cannot disregard those. We have to link into them. So we've got to look and our strategic partnerships with organisations such as Cambridge and East Hertfordshire, which will benefit us in terms of the work that they're already underway with and on, on the Oxford to Cambridge arc, for instance, um, linking into the Hearts Growth Board and indeed other strategic groups such as um, the East of England Transport Group. Uh, which is in fact chaired by um, Councillor Bentley from the ECC. I've already sat in on a couple of those meetings and they are looking um, in some detail at linking all the strategic areas um, such as ports, um, uh, cities and so on, uh, from London up to Cambridge, across to Oxfordshire and uh, down to Felixstowe. Um, and looking for funding for that. So a crucial part of this group is going to be linking with those strategic partners. We will be seeking to have representatives of those groups on our board, and we will be looking uh, to leverage funding that they are able to access to enable us to um, get benefit from that infrastructure feeding into our, our local plan. Um, now, this paper actually hasn't been to scrutiny. It must be one of the only papers on the uh, table tonight that hasn't been to scrutiny, but it sounds as though it probably will be going there at some stage from the comments uh, Councillor Gregory made. Um, in particular, the early delivery of infrastructure. 
I've been involved in some big projects such as airports and the first and foremost thing that a new airport will be looking for is the infrastructure links. Without them, there's no point in building a, a, a new airport in the middle of the Thames if you do not have the uh, infrastructure links that would support it and enable it to thrive. It's no different with a local plan. We've got to identify those strategic uh, infrastructure projects and we have to ensure that they are going to be delivered in a timely fashion to enable the local plan to succeed. So in terms of the, the paper, I'm asking tonight that uh, we agree and uh, endorse the terms of reference which are set out in Appendix 1. Um, in developing the terms of reference, our local government association peer group has been giving their advice and help and experience. Um, and they have set out some background notes to support um, our TOR in terms of case studies at Appendix 2. So I would ask you to support and approve these terms of reference so that we can move forward and start to put the, the group together in terms of its membership. So I'll take any questions. Thank you, Councillor Reeve. Thank you. Uh, I have a couple, couple of questions. The first one is under the, is a detailed one, under the objective of the group. Uh, the third bullet is to support sustainable growth uh, contributing towards the government's net carbon zero 2050 target. I wondered if maybe reference to the uh, uh, council's um, own um, targets, which are a bit earlier than that, should be made. Um, certainly, I, I, I think one of the first roles that the, uh, the group will take is to look at these terms of reference and to endorse them. And I think, uh, yes, that's a very valid point that we, we should look at. Okay, that was the first one. The second question, I'd appreciate that, thank you. The second one is um, to do with the, the overall, um, um, I don't know what the word is, reality. Uh, we have, our plan is for uh, 2020 to 2040. I'm very well aware that the that infrastructure, especially, you know, roads and rail and things are, are long-term programs, especially if one's involving uh, government funding. We had a discussion during the LPLG or during an LPLG uh, meeting the other day, uh, whereby, uh, you know, idea of new roads and rail and bus links, or not bus links, but sort of those automatic uh, bus routes and, you know, driverless uh, trains and things, um, that, that they just wouldn't be quite ready in time, or at least that was the impression I was getting. So my question to you is how uh, feasible uh, in reality would any significant infrastructure be in the current context? Thank you. Uh, quite a lot of detail in that, uh, Councillor Reeve. <laughs> Um, that uh, I can't ask to answer immediately. I think uh, certainly from some of the uh, discussions we've had in the East of England Transport Group, um, some of those, some of the thinking is well advanced. Um, the funding may not be quite so well advanced, and we have to take that into consideration in our 
delivery. Um, so we've got to look at those those issues. We've got to you know, plan for maybe a later delivery of some of the bigger infrastructure projects and more complicated infrastructure projects which go further afield, but will benefit us in terms of the uh, uh, longevity of the, the, the plan. So I think those are, are issues that we have to take into account and we will be discussing them. Thank, thank you. If I could just have a rider to that then, Chair, please. Uh, I, it's a good answer because uh, my view is that whilst the next plan is 2020 to 2040, in reality, we'll be setting ourselves up for the ongoing plans going into the future. And if you never start these uh, infrastructure projects, then you're just locked into the status quo forever and a day. So I, I would absolutely uh, support this and, uh, and, and, and wish you every success in, uh, in, in good work in that group. Thank you. Thank you. Just a, a, another thing, a thought that occurred to me, because we did discuss something like this in, in one of the community's uh, boards, and future-proofing is something that we have to take into consideration early on in the project too. So technologies will change too. So as you say, driverless um, infrastructure um, you know, will, will, will undoubtedly happen at some stage, and we have to take account of it. Thank you. I have a hand raised from Councillor Cristioni, then Councillor Pepper. Well, I mean, I have to have to say, I think that this infrastructure delivery group is a direct response to just how disconnected the local plan system in general is to the provision of infrastructure. So it's one of one of those things that makes local plans fall down. And I think this infrastructure delivery group will be a good forum for us to think about uh, not just how homes come forward um, but how they are uh, maintained and uh, how they're made appropriate for our area which is unique and um, quite clearly we have existing infrastructure which can certainly be improved um, but also in the provision of new infrastructure I would say that we should keep the emphasis firmly on I think this document does that in terms of terms of reference but I think the working group needs to consider this um, developers providing the infrastructure. You can ask government for billions and billions of pounds if you want, but that tends to take years and years and nothing ever happens. I think that that's just a generally accepted view. And uh, albeit, you know, it's my government in power at the moment or my party in power at the moment, that's the same for all parties. So I think it's on us to be demanding, uh, quite frankly, and imposing uh, these sorts of obligations on developers. If they want to build the homes, they want to make a profit, they need to provide that infrastructure. If they don't, it's poor planning and we will be the ones that are held responsible. Um, so, yeah, generally happy with, I think, uh, the, the bones of, of this group and I'm looking forward to seeing how it progresses. Thank you. Um, Councillor Pepperley. Um, just one thing that I'd like to point out is that due to the pandemic, there has been a behavioural change as far as how we go to work. A lot more people, like for example, the council, we've got 200 plus staff members working from home. So until we come out of the pandemic, we don't really know how this is going to impact on public transport. So that's another thing that really it's very difficult um, to know how much improvement we're actually going to have to make, you know, on the public transport system. 
I mean, obviously we want to go green, but we just don't know what the demand is going to be. We don't know how many people are going to be travelling into London or Cambridge or Harlow. Um, and we don't know, again, whether or not they're going to be doing it, having plexi days, which is something else that, you know, um, have been has been discussed. So this is, again, something that really, at this point, um, it is a little bit unknown. So just to make a point that we really don't know, more people will probably be working from home. So that's just, again, something that we'll have to factor into, you know, um, well, I hate to use the new normal, but that's, something that will change ultimately, I think, for the better. Well, I think, sorry, if I, if I might jump in there. Yes, and I think, uh, you know, the digital infrastructure is just as important as road and uh, rail and uh, drainage, for instance. So, again, we have to future-proof um, such that digital infrastructure will enable um, businesses and individuals to work, work from home. Just one, you know, on, on public transport, as you're, you know, as you keep saying, uh, Councillor Pepper, we have to factor in the sustainable transport. So we've got to make sure that uh, charging points, hydrogen refueling points, however the, you know, new technology is going to uh, to pan out, we've got to make sure that the infrastructure can keep up with those changes in technology, and we have space provided to include that type of technology too. So we want to, you know, perhaps think about reducing the number of people using their cars, far more cycle paths and so on and so forth. Indeed, thank you. Councillor Lees. Councillor Inc, I was just about to mention the digital infrastructure and I put my hand up and you zipped in. So thank you for that. Um, I really like the fact that we're working with other authorities, which I think is a, a much better way of going forward that we're all engaged. Um, I'd just like to, I like the idea of asking developers to build roads, as Councillor Christiani said. I think the difficulty, isn't it, is that fine line between people getting planning permission because they're providing a road. You know, it's like, do you, you know, have you got this large development because you've offered that? It's that pro and forth, difficult, difficult line to meet, really. Um, and that's it. I was going to say digital agent, Derek, got in. Thank you. Well, if, if I can come back on that one, because obviously what we must what we must insist on is if a developer offers a road to build a, a, a development, you know, the road is delivered prior to them starting on the development. We have to have this infrastructure in place before we allow the developers to get on with what they actually want to do, which is make a profit. So we've got to we've got to um, hold them to account on these these promises to deliver. You know we've got we've got the issue now in Saffron Warden where one of the developers is walking away from a playing field that, that they've only half completed. We, we we can't have that in the future. Can, can I can I add to that in just saying that if if we if we create this local plan uh, robustly, um, the sites that are identified we can essentially match to the infrastructure that comes forward. And so we're not asking for it ad hoc and we're not saying, okay, well, if you want to develop that, then you've got to give us this. And if you give us this, you'll get it. Um, it's about matching what we see coming forward to what is required in terms of in infrastructure. Oh, no, if I may go back to I, I do agree, Councillor Christiani. What I was saying was there is a diffi very difficult public perception and we have to be very careful how it's 
formulas. Definitely. Thank you, Councillor Freeman. Yes, thank you. I've been quietly listening here to things that have been said in planning for the last 10 or 15 years. Um, and it's all good stuff. Um, let's build the roads first and then build the house. That's what people have been saying to us for 20 years, actually. Um, the things that stop it happening is that developers cannot buy consents. You cannot buy planning consents. That's part of the law, apparently, or at least it's the way the law is interpreted. And so you can't come along and say, tell you what, put that road in and we'll put in three other hills at the same time. Uh, we've had this conversation a thousand times with um, planning officers and with developers. Uh, what you need, and what we, in our case, we do not have, is a thing called a master plan or master plans for towns and areas. If you have a master plan or a master uh, one or more master plans, you say, this is the master plan, you've got to work according to this. Uh, and that makes it much easier. Uppersford has never had a master plan, in my experience. Uh, I'm happy to be corrected on that. But generally speaking, everything's done piecemeal, and doing it piecemeal is a very good way uh, to maximise the profit uh, for the company uh, and get away with the minimum provision of infrastructure. We need a fundamental change in the way in, in our in our philosophy of doing these things. We can impose that, but we're fighting against the law all the time. So, anyway, we thought of all these things before. Doing them, I can tell you, is substantially difficult. Uh, but, you know, where there's a will, there's a way. Give it a try. Indeed, I don't think anyone would minimise the challenge that we have. But going back to things we've said earlier, we hope we're now embarking upon upon the right plan with a, with a, uh, with a cogent uh, uh, process that, 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 uh, that is getting going. Um, I have got, uh, uh, I've mentioned the fur further comments from Councillor Dean, who was basically in his uh, second question was asking about um, timings um, and what the LPG was doing. But his main question is, what action does the cabinet intend to take to ensure the creation of a new local plan moving forward with discernible progress in the immediate future? Um, my response would be, I don't think he needs to wait for the immediate future. We have the plan moving forward now with that discernible progress. Um, we need to then go on, if there are no further comments, to the formal vote, and I'm grouping together the... Um, recommendations for the local development scheme, the community engagement strategy, the statement of community involvement, the local plan project initiation document, and finally the infrastructure delivery group. I believe that at the start, Councillor uh, Evans proposed, uh, proposed these items. Could I have a second, please? Councillor Reeve, I saw first a second hand. All those in favour? Chair, can I just come in at this point? I think it's Adrian, sorry. Um, I think Councillor Dean did actually put forward four questions, and I think out of courtesy, we should at least um, run, just run through those questions before we go to the vote. Do you mean under his point three? Under point three, yeah, there are four questions, I think. 
Um, you know, they were sort of related. Okay, why is next Monday's local plan leadership group silent on items that would directly help to deliver a new plan? Um, is it correct that items to progress the plan are being pulled from next week's LPLG agenda? Um, owing to members' reluctance to go public with consultations that would include a call for development sites. Uh, those were the other ones. Councillor Gregory is waving vehemently. Councillor, you can speak in about five minutes. So, wait a minute, could I have some blue hands then, please? Who was waiting to speak? Councillor Lees, yeah? Uh, yes, please, but if Councillor Gregory was waving his hands way before me, I'm happy for him to proceed, but I'm happy to answer the question. Okay, Councillor Gregory first, and then we'll come back to you for that. Uh, thank you very much indeed, Leader. Um, Councillor Christiani raised some very uh, similar questions to Councillor Dean uh, in a very well-considered, well-drafted and evidenced email to me last night. And I've already forwarded that on to Councillor Evans and to Mr Glenday for a response, and I'm informed it's in process. So um, I, if I would respectfully suggest that uh, Councillor Dean might uh, find it useful to wait until the response to Councillor Crisioni's uh, questions come out in a considered manner from, uh, let's, what, what should we describe as the system? Indeed, yeah, yeah. As to be fair, we we only got these questions about ninety minutes before the meeting. Indeed, um, they're complex questions that take some time, so we fully understand. Yeah. Well, if, I, if I may, sir, I would actually like to answer a couple of those points. He's raised them in a public meeting, and I would like to respond. Go ahead. Um, one of the questions was: um, Is it correct that items to progress the plan have been pulled? from next week's LBG owing to members' reluctance to go public with consultations that would include a call for development sites. I need to answer that with an absolute, total and utterly firm no. The reason why an agenda item has been removed from the meeting on Monday is because we had a workshop for members to look at the information and to clarify the way forward and look at all the evidence. Further questions came ahead for officers that needed to go and look at it and address. So we had that uh, pre-meet last week with some questions and points of clarification. And it means that officers want to take a bit more time to clarify and improve the information that we'll be addressing. This will allow members to make more informed decisions further down the line. We are looking at one week only delay, if I may, this will not adversely impact on the local project plan and strikes me as jolly good practice, frankly, showing that members and officers are working collaboratively together to ensure that we are doing the right thing. Um, so I would like to make it very clear, there is absolutely not, is there a reluctance to make decisions. What we are very keen and enthusiastic to do, and I'm sorry to use the we with the John Evans and everybody else on the LBG, is to make the decisions correctly when we have been informed and well informed. There is no point in people chattering on that we're not going fast enough. More haste, less speed. No. 
Is that right, Steve? But anyway, it's that's quite good. good, is that one? Yeah, thank yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, uh, Councillor Christiani. Yeah, I, I have to say, I completely agree with Councillor Gregory in that you know we're waiting on a, a response, and I don't think it's appropriate to give, give you 90 minutes notice to answer questions. I think they're perfectly valid questions, but that's that just seems quite ridiculous. And what I'd also say, if you don't mind me saying so, Chairman. Uh, is that, you know, I've sat through an hour and 42 minutes of this meeting. One, you know, because I really want to be here, but two, because if I want to contribute, I'm here to contribute. Sending in questions, whilst it might be okay in terms of protocol, just seems a bit lazy. And I, I you know, I'm happy to say that to Councillor Dean, but it just does feel slightly unfair that we can contribute positively to these meetings and only all he has to do is send in a couple of questions. Indeed, thank you. Thank you for very, uh, very much for that comment. Uh, I won't comment upon it. Uh, but I was then just in the middle of asking for a seconder for those most. I forget, did I get a second? I did, didn't I? I got Councillor Reeves to second it, and I was going to the vote. Uh, all those in favour? Unanimous, thank you very much indeed. Which brings us to the end of the meeting. Uh, I'd just like to, to finish by saying I thought that was um, an extremely productive meeting. Um, I thought it was very civilised and I thought it showed a very significant degree of cooperation. I, I, I noted that um, earlier people or persons had commented that uh, maybe as a, as a mark of respect to... Uh, to uh, Alan Storer, that, that, that we may conduct our meetings for a while in that manner. I think my comment was that I would rather like to come uh, uh, to uh, have them taking place in that environment forevermore. So uh, finally, again, a thank you to all of you for that. And I thought it was an excellent meeting and a good night. Thank you, everybody. Bye. Thank you.